All right. Ooh, I'm already on it. I love it. I am so excited to be here with you guys today. And before we even get started, I want to ask you guys a question. When you see the word habits, what do you think of? You can raise your hand. I just want to hear what y'all think. Do y'all not think of anything? What do you think of? Daily things you do. Okay, what about you? Do you think you realize you do your habits or do you think like, I, the first thing I think of is like my morning wake up time of what I do immediately. It's weirdly the same exact thing. I'm going to walk y'all through it because it's just weird. I want to see if y'all notice it in yourselves. I wake up, first thing I do is brush my teeth. I hate my mouth not feeling clean. And then right after that, shower. Right after that, put on clothes, obviously. And then I keep on going, but I don't recognize those really easy habits that I set for myself without even knowing. Do you guys have habits like that? When you get home from school, do you usually do the same exact thing? Yeah? All right, tell me what you do usually. What's your regular? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. You wash your hands when you get home from school? Do you raise your hand if you wash your hands when you Ooh, I did not live in that age. <laughs> I jumped on the trampoline first thing. <laughs> I did not. What, what did you do? What do you do? You don't hang up your bags like you purposely have to throw it on the floor? That's terrible, man. That's your parents put up with too much. Angel, what about you, man? Right when you get home, it's like the best time of the day to be doing stuff. What about you, Eli? Feed your lizard. Sometimes, yeah. I was expecting that, honestly. But I'm asking you guys these questions because I just want us to get in the mindset of habits. Um, Mark already started talking about it, and I'm excited to talk more about it today. But we've gone over a few Christian habits that you should have in your life or you should take on if you don't already have it. And guess what? I get to do three today. Oh, we're going jam-pack mode on you guys. If y'all don't know this about me, me and the word habits, I just love it so much. Um, when I'm not in the church, I'm usually in the gym training people or teaching people nutrition and all that stuff. It's a lot of fun doing that, but I like to teach people habits and give them real life ways to go after those habits, get used to it, go to the gym every day, um, eat healthy every day. Don't usually do it every day. I like pizza. It's too good. You don't leave out on pizza. But we're talking about three different habits today. And when I say the habit, I want you guys to repeat it to make sure you are awake because I know school is coming into end. You're tired. You're worn down. But I promise you these three habits are huge in the Christian walk. Everybody say good. Everybody good? Yep. All right, let's do it. So the first habit I want to talk to you guys about is confession. Everybody say confession. Now, the reason I say confession is going to be our first habit we got to talk about, it's because nothing else I'm going to talk about can work without confession. You see, confession is part of the belief in knowing Jesus. You know, in Romans um, 10.9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Part of the requirement to be saved is to confess, you guys. Now, why are we going to talk about confession? Why are we going to call that a habit? Because confession isn't a one-time thing. 
I'm gonna say that again. Confession is not a one-time thing. You can't just go like, God, I've sinned before and I'm gonna sin again. Thank you. That's all. Like, you don't do that. You gotta be specific. One of my favorite things that I learned growing up, am I being too loud, Joel? I, I don't even see him. He's hiding from me. Anyways, um, one of my favorite things growing up is learning about confession and learning about how you need to be specific with it. God knows it, but he wants you to admit those things to him. He wants you to confess what, he's, what you're going through because he wants a relationship with you. So the first habit I want you guys to focus on today is confession because everything else I'm going to say today will not work. Because you can't have a relationship and a habit with Christ and a habit with Christianity if you don't know Christ and have him in your heart. I know, that's difficult. And if you don't know if you have him in your heart, if you don't know if you confess, if you don't know any of those things, come talk to one of the leaders. We would love to talk to you. But I'm going to keep on going now, okay? Because confession is going to be the shortest thing I'm going to talk about because these next two things are huge during summer, okay? Everybody good still? I love it. I don't even mind either. So we're jumping into the second thing, community. Everybody say community. Now, this is our second habit. And what do I mean by the habit of community? I mean what you're doing right now. You're infused. You're meeting with your brothers and sisters in Christ, whether you realize it or not, whether it was your choice or not. I know your parents might have dropped you off and just said, get out of here. I'm tired of you. You're a teenager. Don't want to be around you. That could be happening. But you are here in community, and one of the first things that come to mind with the thought of community for me is we are a people who need people. Two years ago, we had this thing called COVID-19. Everybody say, ugh, not this again. I know. I'm not a big fan of COVID-19, but it happened, right? It's still happening, obviously. But COVID-19 came and pressed pause on the idea of community. Who here had to sit at home for like six months straight without doing anything, seeing your friends and all that? You see, I recognized my necessity for community when it was taken away from me. My senior year of high school was when it was taken away from me. So I got to miss out on prom. I got to miss out on graduation. I got to miss out on that apparently really cool part. Adults, I'm going to have to ask you about what it's like the last semester of senior year. Because I don't know. It was, so, it was just like computer computer it was the worst don't tell me I don't want to know I don't know what I miss out on I still did the senior prank that's what mattered that was the fun part but that doesn't matter we're going to continue on in the idea of community and how we are people who need people you see Christ even says that to us he shows that to us and in first John um, 1 7 we read this if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, we read fellowship instead of community because community and fellowship go really well together. But I love the word fellowship so much more than community. And here's why. So I went on. I opened my book. This book is called Theology. Yeah, it's, it, I, I'm, it, that's literally the title. I don't know the full word. It's like a sentence long. But it's this big. And I just looked up the word. Um, oops. Fellowship, and this was the exact definition it gave us. Christian fellowship is made up of a mutual belief and walk with Christ. It produces a mutual cooperation in God's worship, God's work, and God's will being done in the world. 
So you find fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ because you're worshiping with them. You're doing God's work with them. You're living in God's will with them. What's amazing is you read in Paul's letters, he has so many brilliant letters, but one of my favorites is Romans. And when you read in Romans um, 12, four through five, it says this. Now, as we have the same, uh, now, oops, dyslexia, let's pause. Now, as we have many parts in one body, all all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are in one body with Christ and individually members of one another. Now, I'm going to give you background to that verse real quick. Paul is talking to the leaders and the Christians in Rome going through these times, and he's talking to them about how there's unity in Christ. There's unity in following God, and he's going to carry on. One of my favorite passages in Scripture talking about spiritual gifts. Everybody say spiritual gifts. So he carries on. He's talking about it, and he's talking about how we all have different gifts. We all do. Everybody, you can look around right now. Nobody looks the same. That's awesome. Nobody has the same gifts. I mean, you may have a similar gift to another, but everybody is specifically made for an important reason. And when I read this verse, I definitely think of Power Rangers. Did y'all watch Power Rangers growing up? Or Yeah. So hear me out. When I read this, I picture all the Power Rangers going like, it's, what, is it morphing time? Is that what it's called? Yeah. They do the, it's morphing time. And they step into that one body because they couldn't defeat the enemy themselves. They're just like, we're all one big robot. I'm a foot. You're a foot. I'm an arm. All that jazz. It's, it's a great show. I loved it when I was five. But why I think of that is very important. You see... In the Christian walk, in the Christian faith, we have a community full of brothers and sisters who are very different, but all have the same goal, all have the same end finish line. One of my favorite examples is Frazee George, our preschool director, and Tyler Scott, our children's minister. They are completely different people, but have the same goal, building in God's body, building in the church towards Christ. They're, like I said, walking in God's will, walking in God's worship, walking in God's work. But they're different. In a community of people, you find that people are different. When you go to Sunday school, you're not going to have the most similar people. I'll tell you, growing up, my crew was the same crew the entire time, from 6th grade to 12th grade. None of us did the same thing. I was so angry about it. Nobody liked soccer. It was the worst. I would try to talk to somebody. They'd be like, I don't care. I would just have to sit there because, but we had community with each other. I'm going to keep on going because we're about to hit this next part. We're going to get deep into it. But in the idea and necessity of community in this Christian faith, you have to recognize that you could do that day in and day out, especially with summer coming. With summer coming, I'm talking about the easy stuff like going to the pool with your friends, Whether you realize that or not, that's part of community. That's how to get to know each other. That's how to be friends with each other. You can have fun in community. Um, That also means coming to church. I'm going to say this. Come to church, guys. You can find community there. You can come on Sunday mornings. Oh, my goodness, is it important to come? You get to know your brothers and sisters that way. You get to be in small groups with one another. You get to sit there, Caleb, Stop being a distraction. 
You get to be there and be in a proper community with one another with the same likeness and same goal. So habit number two was community. And this habit number three, we're going to spend quite a bit of time on because it is so important. I'm going to be detail-oriented on this. I'm super excited for it. But habit number three is accountability. Everybody say accountability. Now, accountability, this, I know I shouldn't say one is more important than the other, but I find accountability to be so important in this Christian walk because everybody is called to be held accountable. Whether you recognize it or not, you are held accountable for your actions, for your thoughts, all these different things. If you don't know Christ, guess what? When you go up to try to get into heaven, they're going to be like, did you do these things? (gasps) You did get held accountable, you know? But I'm not talking about that kind of accountability. I'm talking about the accountability you find with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, one quick example, I'm going to we're going to go through a lot with accountability, but I want to give you guys a quick, like, real-life example. I have three accountability partners. Three are very different people. One is my best friend. He's great. We're very truthful with each other. I'm going to talk a lot about that. Another one is 46 years old. His name is Bo Parker. He is my mentor. He is a rock star. He is an accountability partner of mine. And the other one is my brother because he knows me so well. But I chose these three different people because we trusted each other and we knew each other for a long time. I'm going to say this right now. I'm not going to focus on it a lot. But when you find somebody to hold you accountable, when you find someone to use the sense of accountability as a habit with you, make sure you know them. Make sure you could trust them. Because they're going to be there. And I'm going to talk about why you need to make sure. But you got to make sure that they're not just somebody just walked up to the street. I walked up on the street been like, you want to be my accountability partner? Because they don't. They don't want to. You want to be with somebody who really cares about you, who has the same likeness and same walk as you with Christ. So accountability adds insight, truth, hope, and faith into your life. But how do we make that real? I'm going to give you, not 10, five. I apologize. I'm going to give you five different steps on all five things needing to be done in the sense of accountability groups or partners. The first thing is to meet faithfully with each other. What do I mean by meet faithfully? You actually show up. Guess what? You can't be in an accountability partner or accountability group if you don't show up. I'm not saying you can't text or call. I'd prefer you show up with one another. Go get coffee. Go hang out. Don't, if you're in middle school, don't get drink coffee. Go do something else. But... Show up, meet faithfully. And by meeting faithfully, I'm going to say again, go to church. See your partner there. See your community there. Be with one another. Meet faithfully is the first one. Second one, oh, this is amazing. Speak truthfully. Speak truthfully. I have a few verses with this real quick before I continue on with it. Proverbs 12, 15 says, Fools think they need no advice, but the wise listen to others. Another verse in Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Why am I saying those things? Part of speaking truthfully is speaking real truth to one another, not what they want to hear. I'm going to give you a quick example. My best friend and I, August last year, I remember this. It was one of the hardest days of my life. We sat down at a coffee shop for six hours because I had to speak truthfully into his life and he had to speak truthfully into my life. 
The reason it was difficult because it was a very difficult topic. But with the sense of accountability with one another, with the sense of we are there to sharpen one another. Iron sharpens iron just as a friend sharpens a friend. We were there, we were sitting there speaking truthfully to one another, although it hurt our feelings. I'll tell you, he hurt my feelings and I hurt his feelings. But we knew we did it out of love and consideration of each other's faith and walk with Christ. Accountability is huge. That's why I'm saying be careful who you choose because you are required to speak truthfully to that person and you're required to accept that truthfulness towards you. The third part, this is going to go with speak truthfully, admit your struggles. In the sense of accountability, you should admit your struggles to them. I will tell you, it is difficult to admit your struggles. It is easy to correct somebody else. It is difficult. It is very hard. I will tell you, the first time I did it in my accountability group, it took so long for me to do it because I was so afraid. I was like, they won't like me anymore if I tell them my struggle. They won't enjoy me anymore if I tell them my struggle. But the minute I did, they stepped into my life and they were like, we're going to support you even more now. We're going to hold you accountable in this now. And we worked together. My years, freshman year to senior year, we met up. There were three of us who met up every morning on Sunday morning before church would start. We'd pray for church, we'd pray for the services, and then we meet as our group in accountability. We met faithfully, we spoke truthfully, and we admitted our struggles with each other. We noticed each other's struggles. We held each other accountable to these struggles. We would ask them, hey, how are you doing on this this week? How are you doing on that laziness in school this week? How are you doing on your pride in sports this week? How are you doing on these different things? You admit your struggles to a brother because your brother and sister care. If they are there to be your accountability partner, they want to know that. They want to know it. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The earnest pray of a righteous person that has great power and, a wonderful, and wonderful results. In accountability, you admit your struggles and you admit what's going on. Whether it's difficult or not with your accountability, you do that so they can pray and hold you in that sense of accountability. The next one, oh, super exciting, I love this. Encourage each other's strengths. Yes, that's the best part in my eyes because my top love language is words of affirmation. If you don't know that, please know it now. I love it. It's amazing. I love words of affirmation. But you encourage each other's strengths in the sense of accountability. If you see somebody doing awesome, tell them you're doing awesome. One of the best things I ever, ever received was in seventh grade. I went to this place called Smith Middle School. It was in Cyprus. That was our church for a long time. That middle school, we would meet at 4.30 in the morning on a Sunday morning to set up the church and then break it down till 3 p.m. This, name, this man named Roy Brown ran up behind my back. I, I don't know when it was, but it, was, it, was, it hurt because he five-starred me right in the back. That's not why I remember it. But he pulled me aside and he goes, Eli, I see you working hard. I know you don't want to be here, but I appreciate you putting in all this work. Words of affirmation, all these amazing things of encouraging each other's strengths will help you in the long run. Encourage one another. One of the best things is, um, I don't personally use the Bible app, but one of my favorite things of the Bible app is you can have friends on it, and you can see each other's like, have they been on the app today? Have they not been on the app today? 
And I had it for a while my senior year. And my buddies and I, we would be like, boom, you did seven days in a row. You read the word seven days in a row. I am so proud of you. You did awesome. Accountability encourages one another, both in hard things and great things. We're going to keep on going. Ooh, number five. Here we go. Challenge each other spiritually. The fifth part of accountability is you challenge each other spiritually. That means have those hard conversations, understand one another, read the word together, do all these different things, and call each other out. With all these um, accountability requirements, you will have an amazing time, whether it feels difficult or not with accountability. I'm going to say again, be careful who you have with accountability. We talked about it about seven, eight months ago. I don't know. I have no clue time. But we talked about how you have that inner circle in your life, those five people who you are close to, who you understand, who you love, who you trust. I call that inner circle the people I hug. But you have that inner circle just like you have that group that you hold accountable or those people you hold accountable and they hold you accountable as well. Accountability is the third habit I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Um, to finish out accountability, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. We're talking about all these different spiritual habits, Christian habits that Mark is challenging you guys to, that I'm challenging you guys to, and I really am praying that you really take one on. Like, you'd be real with it. You actually go after it. Because oftentimes you say you have this goal. I like to think of everybody during New Year's. They say, oh, this is my New Year's resolution. We're going to do awesome with it. Half the time, two days later, you're trash at it. You didn't do it. My prayer for you guys, you have so much time during the summer. Go after one of these habits. I don't like saying they're easy because they're not. But... There are amazing things to have because I want to share a final thought before we close out. Mark comes up. We're going to talk in a second. But the final thought is developing Christian habits will change your life. I'm going to say that right now. No matter which one you choose to develop, to have, to take in, it will change your life forever, whether you want it to or not. We talked about in the beginning how you have a habit in the morning or after school of doing the same thing over and over and over again. Imagine if you had the habit to open the word. Imagine if you had the habit to pray. Imagine if you had the habit to reach out to a friend, hold them accountable, pray for them. Imagine if you had the habit to confess to God when you're having a hard time, when you're sinning. We all have the opportunity to have that habit if we believe in Christ and I want you guys to take that on. So I'm going to pray. Mark's going to come up here. We're going to talk for a second. And then we're going to break out. But if you guys will, bow your heads with me and we're going to pray. Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to meet up with these students, these awesome, wonderful students who have been faithful to come to Fuse. God, I pray that they feel the burden to take on a habit to go after Christ. God, I pray that they even have the thought of taking on every single one this summer. God, you are strong, you are mighty, you could do wonderful, amazing things. And God, I pray that these students recognize that you could do them through them. God, I thank you and I praise you in your heavenly name. We both pray, amen.
Amen. Amen. Amen.